So good. Why don't we um, why don't we open with a word of prayer? Our gracious Father, we um, thank you once again for this opportunity and the privilege to gather in your name. Um, a privilege and opportunity to learn of you. Um, a privilege and opportunity to share with one another and share in our lives with one another. And we just pray that in our time that um, we would honor you, we would glorify you, and that the things that we learn here today, that we would be able to take them out of this room and and demonstrate them to the world. In Jesus' name, amen. So was everybody, with the exception of Jerry, was everybody here last week? Oh, you weren't here yet? Oh, so it was good to see you again. Good to see you again. And you welcome home. And Peter was here. Yeah, Peter was not here. Yes, that's right. Peter was not here also. So we... you forgot your homework? Come on, dude. What's up with that? So we, um, I will apologize in advance for anyone who wasn't here, for anyone who was not here last week. So we did not get finished last week um, with the topic that we were on. And so I said we would, I didn't want to rush through the last part of it. So we held on it to finish it up today. And then we'll get into the last part of this. I think it's still, I trust it still will serve you. But it's just that we were working on some things. And then for those of you who were, to, that were here, instead of getting into groups, we just won't do that part today. But we'll still walk through the last pieces of this. So, um, and it's, um, I, we, what we talked about last week was the um, uh, engaging in difficult dialogue and the challenges of having difficult conversations. And so I was just wondering before we get started again, did anyone happen to have a tough conversation this week? Yeah, yeah. Anyone willing to share they had a tough conversation? You don't have to tell us, Susan. I saw that face. She was like, ooh. <laughs> have a tough conversation every morning. <laughs> Get your name written all over it, right? <laughs> so anyone? And you don't have to. I just, if anyone wanted to share how that went or, or, any, or your thoughts even on last week on the material. Oh, please, please. Good. I don't know that I covered all of those things. I didn't have as long with him as sure. I hoped to have, but um, but I think ultimately we're on the right track. So it laid out the he we, he was in agreement on the the things that went wrong. Good. And so that was yeah. That was start. Yeah, yeah. And then going forward, just why it was important. I think some of the things that uh, I've written down from last week were really helpful because he hadn't thought of those. Yeah. And I hadn't necessarily thought of all of the things. Mm-hmm. As well. Wonderful. 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 Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, when you think about, when you think about the, um, as I said um, last week, these conversations that the more sensitive it is, the more sensitive the topic, the more strategic you need to be in preparing for it. And oftentimes it's easy to think, well, either one, we don't pray before we go, or if I just pray, I'll just go in there and it'll just, the Holy Spirit will just make all this work out, you know? And, and you forget that although the Holy Spirit is there, so are you. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so therefore, it doesn't always go like that, right? And so you're in there because you're in that conversation also. And, um, and so the idea of being able to, to take some time when you have the opportunity, I mean, as I said, we're not talking about a confrontation. We're talking about a difficult conversation that I have time to actually plan to go and have with someone, whether it's someone here at church or whether it's someone at work or whether it's a spouse or, you know, a son or daughter, you know, but to really think about what is the expected outcome and let that be my guide in sort of determining what I'm going to say and how I'm going to say it and working our way to it. So thank you for being willing to share that. I'll pay you later. <laughs> that works well. So um, from a review standpoint, we talked about we talked about last week we talked about and I'm going to apologize. I'm a little warm and cold at the same time. I'm I don't know if you remember last week I was sipping tea, so this is how gracious God is. So I was fine until I pulled into the driveway, and then I got out to get my garbage cans out, and I was shivering like a leaf. So cold that I thought maybe I, had, I was no longer in Florida because it was, I was so cold. And then I went in the house and realized, okay, no, that's not outside. That's like actually something going on with me. And, um, and then I was in bed till Tuesday, I think, or something like that, um, before I could even just get up. And it went from hot to cold to headaches to... Symptoms I didn't know that were a thing, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't, I didn't know that could hurt like that. Okay. So, I mean, just, it was, it's been bad. And so and Andra's not here tonight because she's, um, it, well, it, yeah, right. Yeah. So 20, 23 years ago today, we got married, right? 23 years ago today. Yeah. Woohoo. Right. And, and, and then the next day the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. So it was an incredible weekend. Just so you know, it was an incredible weekend. <laughs> sure. You don't know her, so you get. <laughs> so, so yes, it was a great weekend all the way around. And then I thought I said to her today, so like twenty three days years ago, you know, we got married, and and this year I give you my flu symptoms, right? <laughs> I'm so kind to you. Can't take you out to dinner. Can't do anything. It just sends you an emoji that says with kissy lips because I can't kiss you. I can't do anything. So, but uh, anyway, so she's wanted to be here, but she's at, she's at home. She is working on some things for, for breakout, but she's not doing well. So prayers, definitely prayers in, in, in all sincerity. Um, so emotionally charged, high stakes, sensitive in nature, and more than one opinion present. Um, we talked about, I just want to kind of review, we talked about the importance in, in going into these conversations that remembering the importance of not letting any corrupting communication proceed from us and really to focus on this idea that the words that I use would not cause any corruption for another person. Um, and so that becomes a part of the attitude that I want to make sure the lens through which I'm looking as I have the kind of conversations that, that you just described and that our goal would be to build people up while at the same time recognizing that in order for me to truly build you up, I have to tell you what's the truth because it is actually the truth that you need. Um, it's not a lie that you need. You actually need the truth. And sometimes we, we can have a tendency to not want to share that truth because it's going to be painful for the person receiving that truth. But that is the only way to get to the building up part is to actually be able to deliver that truth. Um, and the importance for us, again, when we think about dissident leaders and dissident followers, the importance for us to be setting an example in the workplace for how we do this, um, that, it, that I can, in fact, I can, in fact, have a difficult conversation with Katie and preserve our relationship at the same time. Um, I can certainly do it in a way that attempts to preserve the dignity of, of her dignity and the dignity of this relationship. Um, and it can actually be done. It has, doesn't have to be either or, irrespective of how difficult the conversation is. is. Um, the second one, verse, again, knowing that 
Um, as I said, I liked this version of this verse, which I think is the NIV version of this verse, because it focused on the words at that moment, right? So they were, they were, as we're going into this conversation, may these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, um, which ultimately then led to the importance of that we pray that we would see the world through their eyes, that God would soften their heart and ours, um, that he would give me the words to say. And that he would guide my response so that it honors him. Again, knowing that I have no control over how you're going to respond to me or react to what I say to you. But I want to make sure that however I respond to that, that it still honors God. So, amen. All right. So with that, we quickly hit the model and then we'll jump into these last two steps, which we will just combine. So it was remembering what is the desired outcome. And by the way, I know that since there were a couple of you who were not here, I've got the handout. Just thought about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and for Randy, who forgot his homework, I got, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you. It's all right. I think there's one more. There he is, actually. Look at that. That's pretty good. So um, it was looking at the model and saying, what is the desired outcome? What do you plan to say? And then where we left off is, you know, how would they react? And all of this, when you get here, you know, when you start talking about how are people likely to react, the, there's this, it's somewhat guesswork. The idea is that hopefully I know you and I have a relationship with you and so I can get some sense of how I think you might react to what I'm going to talk, talk to you about. Um, it's important to remember that the reaction, in, in some ways the reaction is designed to get you off track. It doesn't mean that the perp- person is reacting and they're purposely trying to get you off track. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying that the reaction is designed to get you off they always use the phrase sort of get you off the yellow brick road and so if one of the reasons why those first two steps are important is because you need to know where you headed so that your responses to those reactions are designed to get you back on the road that you're supposed to be on so if you were if you were taking a trip and you were driving up to Jacksonville and you ran into a place on 75 where you, you ran, ran into a place where there was a, um, a lot of construction and you had to get off the road, you would at some point try to figure out, okay, what roads do I need to take to eventually get back on the right road? It may take me longer now, but I still kept Jacksonville as my destination. So that's why that expected outcome was so important because that's the guy, that's the North star for you. And so whatever you're saying and they're saying it's still, we're trying to work our way back to that ultimate takeaway that we want them to get. So how they are, how are they likely to react? I'm only going to talk about briefly going to touch on, on three of these um, instead of four. But what's interesting about the, about these reactions is that, and I'm gonna go ahead and skip to the first one is that each reaction has a meaning behind it. I believe that if I understand what's behind your reaction, then I can, then I can work. If I can work from there, we can work through whatever the reaction is, right? So again, back to this idea of praying that God would allow me to see the world through your eyes. So if I understand what's driving that reaction, then, then I need to respond to what's driving it, not necessarily the reaction itself. Um, unfortunately we all have triggers. So there are things that people do that, that I'm going to respond to because it just happens automatically because it's one of those things that fires me up or, or angers me or makes me cry or whatever the thing, whatever my response is. But to the extent I can see what's behind that reaction, I can then try to respond in a way that appeal, that it connects with that because the goal is to get back on the yellow brick road, right? The goal is to get back on track. Make sense? So, when we talk about they hit me first, obviously I'm talking about justification. 
We've heard it. If you've got kids, you've, clearly you've heard it. <laughs> you probably didn't worry about what was behind the message other than sin, and you said that still didn't give you a right to hit them, so you're still in trouble, right? But now we're talking about at the workplace, so, so you probably are not going to do that. Please. No, no. Thank, thank, you for, thank you for the clarification. I think everybody else was clear, but I appreciate you. <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate you catching up with us. <laughs> thank you, brother. <laughs> so essentially the hidden meaning behind that is that once you hear the whole story, you'll understand why this occurred, right? So if, if I can create some context for you, then you'll understand why I did what I did. It doesn't, it's not saying I didn't do it, but it's, but that what you're hearing, what's behind those words is this idea that you haven't heard me. And so therefore I'm sensed that I'm being misunderstood. Again, it's not a rather I've done anything right or wrong. It is just simply saying that I need to create some context for you so that you'll understand why I did what I did. That the, the problem, the, the struggle with this is that there's a tendency to want to cut that off And what I have found is that when I cut that off, it just, the conversation continues to spiral because until they believe I've understood their side of the story, we're not going to resolve the thing that we need to resolve. You know, until, until they think I've heard it, they're going to keep talking or they're going to, or they're just going to get quiet and they're just going to feel like they've been misunderstood, which again means, remember, what was the central message you want them to receive? And your goal is for them to receive that message. So if there's something I need to do in response to them to ensure they receive that message, then that's what I need to do. Because the goal here is not me speaking my mind. The goal here is me delivering a message to them that I need them to hear. And so that means I'm going to have to do some things. I'm going to have to, at times, bear the pain or the discomfort that comes with this scenario. Because this isn't how I would respond or this isn't how I would react. But I'm going to bear that burden. Does that sound familiar? I'm going to bear a burden that I don't deserve to bear in order to connect with this other person, in order to do what's in the best interest of this other person. I think somebody did that for us. That justification I am talking about, sir. (laughs) So, so yeah, so I'm going to now do that in my practice at work, in my conversation, this difficult conversation. So number one, listen, always remember that context doesn't excuse bad behavior, um, but it may help you understand or figure out the best way to deal with it. So sometimes, again, if I allow you, if I let you do this, I'm somehow letting you justify your actions. Not at all. Not, not, not at the end of the day, because we're going to eventually get back and confront the problem behavior when we're done with all of that. Because whether you got hit first or not is, is irrelevant. You still did something you should not have done. And so that's where we're going to eventually get to. But in order to get there with you, we've, I've got to let you work through this process. Sorry, is that cool? Sorry, I almost said, is that cool? I'm so sorry. Does that make sense? That makes sense. All right, cool. Uh, so any question about that? Clear, 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 clear. All right, good. Okay, everyone else does it. And by the way, if, if anybody wants a copy of these slides, just let me know and I'll be glad to share them with you. So everyone else does it, which is deflection. You know, in every story, there's a hero, there's a villain, and there's a victim. Uh, most people don't want to be the villain in the story. Most of us don't want to be that person. And so oftentimes the hidden me, I think the hidden meaning behind the deflection is that you're somehow singling me out as the, as the villain, that somehow all of this is, all of this is my fault. 
You may have even heard, particularly with kids, you may have even heard it that said that way. You know, why is this all my fault, right? So the important thing to know with that me- hidden meaning is that you don't want to allow deflection to get you sidetracked. So if we go back to the kid example, the moment we start arguing about whether this is all your fault or part your fault or what they did or didn't do, we're going to lose, we're going to be off the yellow brick road because all of that has nothing to do with really what we're talking about, right? I mean, ultimately, right? So the idea here is if it's a relevant point, acknowledge it, but then focus on the original problem. And here's the thing about everybody else does it. If everybody else does it, then that means you knew it was wrong. So it doesn't matter if everybody in this office is doing it, you knew it was wrong and you still did it. Does does that make sense? So in other words, to some extent, when someone is saying that to me, they're acknowledging that they know they did something wrong. They just did it because everybody else does it. Okay, but it still makes it, doesn't make it any less wrong because everyone else is doing it. Now, again, if everyone else is doing it, you need to be dealing with that if you're leading. The second thing is, the other thing to remember is, you know, if Randy and I are having this conversation, Randy has no idea what conversations I've had with Jerry. So he can say Jerry does it, but he doesn't know whether Jerry and I have had a conversation about that. So I don't want to start getting into, that's why I say don't get sidetracked. I don't want to let him lead me down this road that's about Jerry and gets the focus off of him and what he did. <laughs> So you want to be able to then focus on the original problem and get it back. That makes sense? All right, my friends. How about my favorite? I know you are, but what am I? So blame and counterattack. So this is a goal. Ultimate goal is just to make you the villain, right? So at the end of the day, you're worse than I am. How dare you even bring this up? You do this, 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 and this. What about when you do this? What about when you do that? In a second, we're going to talk about, in a, in a second, we're going to talk about character. So we'll get back to this topic. But so therefore, if, if, obviously, if there is something you're doing and you're telling someone else they shouldn't be doing it, it makes sense that they're going to bring it up. Nevertheless, recognizing that, that, that that's the hidden meaning, then we want to begin to deal with that by, first of all, resisting the impulse to fire back. Because what you don't want to do is get into a big argument about whether you did or didn't do or where you were standing or what time you actually came in. And, you know, what I'm saying if we go back to kind of the example we used last week about someone being late well, you're late all the time. OK, well, see, I'm not ever late because I work at 5 a.m. in the morning and, and I'm on salary, not on hours. So I'm, I'm always working. Right. So if I'm having that argument with you, what does that have anything to do with the fact that you're supposed to be here at eight and it's eight thirty? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. But we're now debating and arguing about something that has nothing to do with the topic at hand. And so the, go- the idea here is to resist the impulse to return fire and just stay on track. And, I, and you'll notice I say, don't try to get them to explain. I'm, I'm not going to get into this big debate about any of that. And I'll show you how I stay out of it. I can see why you would say that. And perhaps we can talk about that later. But for our purposes today, I want to focus on and we're back on the yellow brick road. You know, that's something we can take up later. Sure. But right now, and it's the same, and it's the same, and, you, and I'm sure you've experienced it's the same in personal relationships. You know, I've said to men multiple times, the time to bring up something that your wife does that bothers you is not at the moment when she's bringing up something that bothers her. 
<laughs> that's not the time to do that. <laughs> that's the time to listen to her, not tell her, well, what about the time you? <laughs> no, stay with what she's talking about. And if you want to bring that up, bring it up some other day. So for our purposes today, we're going to stay focused on the thing that I just brought up to you. And we're not going to get distracted by what I did, didn't do, where I was standing. All of that may all be true. But today I just want to focus on this. And that gets us back on the yellow brick road. So make sense? Makes sense? Great. So questions about any of those? Yes, Dave, please. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, CPR, content, pattern, or relationship? I'm not sure I'm tracking. Say it again. Um, and, it's, and it's not you, it's me. No, My head no, is full. If, uh, you're interacting with somebody who's tended to have a bad reaction to difficult conversations. Okay. Uh-huh. In your experience, does oh, it I help to, to kind of warn them? You know, let me encourage you, don't, don't get, uh, don't justify mm. that you tend to do that. Can I encourage you to listen through what I have? I think you are. Well, let me ask. Let me, I think I understand now. So you tell me if I'm on the right track. So um, for me, what I think is important here is that if you go back to, to last week, even to the content pattern and relationship, if we go back to that, if you think about this, what we don't what I don't want to do is I don't want to begin to late. And I know you just used the word justify, but I'm going to use that in this example. So I don't want to begin to label what it is that you do. Because that's going to lead to a debate about whether that is or is not what you're doing, which, of course, has nothing to do with what we're talking about. We're back. We're, we're again, we're getting off track because now we're going to start arguing about whether you're justifying your behavior or not in that entry, in that intro. So, again, I think in this situation, uh, for someone who has a tendency to have a difficult, has a difficult time receiving difficult feedback, I'm going to set the tone by laying that out. Not what, not necessarily what they do or don't, or n- not labeling what they do or not do by saying, by categorizing it, but maybe talking about what I've seen them do. So make this up. So in the last three times that we've sat down to have these kinds of conversations, you've done this, this, and this. I think all that's justification, but I'm not calling it justification. I'm just saying, because the fact is you did this, this, and this. Does that make sense? It's, yes, thank you. There, thank you. Yes, so it's indis- the facts are indisputable. That is, in fact, what you did. Why you did it, we can debate all day long, but it, that's what you did. So I want to prepare you because we're about to have another one of those kinds of conversations. And so I'd just like you to listen and hear me out. And then, does that make sense? And then that way I've prepared you. So great question. So that way I've prepared you for what you're about to hear. Because the whole idea here is to, is to begin, if there's a way that I can prepare you for the impact of what is about to happen, that takes me back to this building you up, right? That still takes us back to that scripture. We're still, the words that I'm using are designed to build you up, not to tear you down. And so I've prepared you for that hit by doing that with you. Make sense? Okay, cool. Great question, buddy. Um, so any other questions though about those? Oh, thank you. Thanks. All right. Finally, then just how you will respond. 
and that's all on you. But there are some things I want you to remember. One is the reaction is designed to get you off track. When I say their reaction, again, I'm not talking about them being manipulative, although there are people who are manipulative, so don't, I'm not saying they're not. <laughs> um, I, have, I, I, can, I can think of multiple times when I've had someone crying in my office and it was all manipulation. Um, and they were, it was a way to try to get me off, to get us off topic. And I don't know if you've ever had anyone cry in your office, but I do the same thing I do with anyone who cries in my office. I give them tissue. <laughs> so, you know, it's human, right? <laughs> You're crying. I give you some tissue. I can ask you, do you need a minute to get yourself together and take your time? It's because some people like my wife, who, when she cries, that's actually, she talks through those tears. She thinks through that. So she doesn't want any empathy right now. She'll take the Kleenex, but she, she can keep talking. But I've had other people who don't, men and women. So if you need some time, I want to give you some time. But if I say that to her, she can say, I don't need any time. What do I need time for? Ooh, okay, my, my bad. My bad. My, misread, misread. Danger, 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 danger. <laughs> that doggone man thing, I keep trying to fix it. So... <laughs> So, uh, but, but in, in all seriousness, I think, you know, I try to just pass that along and, and I will, you know, it, it, I'm going to say this, and this is, I'm speaking in, in stereotype here, but I will say that in my experience, um, if someone is, um, if someone is, is crying, they tend to wipe tears. So what I mean by that is they tend to not let the tears drip off of their chin Right. Don't they don't they because it's uncomfortable. Right. You know, you start drying them. So I tend to wonder if I'm talking to someone in my office and we're having a difficult conversation and they start crying and they're just letting the tears drip from their chin. If that's for a, you know, what I'm saying I just I'm, I'm, I'm is that like for effect? I mean, because it, it's a great strategy. Right. A, a great. Because if you were if you were acting, wouldn't you let them think about it? if you watch a movie, they let them they, they come all the way down because the idea is for you to see the tear. Whereas most people are not comfortable and they'll start trying to at least get it off their face because there's an uncomfortable. Now, that's I'm speaking a stereotype that I mean every person, but it just makes me wonder when it's happening, why it's happening, which has led me to ask the question, can you share with me why you're crying? Is there something that I've said? Is there, I mean, wh- where's this coming from? Right? So anyway, that didn't cost you anything. So remember their reaction design. Lose control of yourself. Lose control of the conversation without a doubt. And when I say lose control, I don't mean yelling and screaming lose control. I mean, obviously, that is a means of losing control. But you can lose control without yelling and screaming. So don't lose control of yourself. Stay focused on the, where we're headed. We're trying to get to Jacksonville. This is a detour, and I'm going to do what I can to try to get us back on the right road so we can land in Jacksonville when this conversation's over, when this trip is over, and see it from that perspective. And then finally, last two I would share, remember we're not trying to win arguments. I think in our world we're always trying to win the debate, or we're always trying to win the argument, we're always trying to make our point, and this is not about winning arguments. This is about an opportunity to reflect Christ in the workplace. It's about, an, it's about another opportunity for me to demonstrate a way of doing it the way Christ would have me do it and to honor him in doing it. And it's not about me winning this argument. And we've all been there. I'm, I'm a debater from way back. So even debate team debater from way back. <laughs> so, can, so, yeah, so I, what's that? Yes, yes. So, so I'm a debater from way back. And, and there are times when I'm just, it's just about trying to win the argument and not about trying to, you know, you know what I mean. You've, you've, you've talked to people like me before. So, so, but it's an opportunity for us to reflect Christ in the workplace. So, make sense? All right, my friends. Then, the last thing I would share with you related to this, and then we'll hit the last part, is that 
um, if there's ever been a time when we want to be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves, it's in these conversations. Um, and the wise part comes in some of that of, that I just shared with you. It's understanding that person's perspective. It's, it's all of those things. Um, it's learning to tell yourself another story about why people are doing what they're doing. Um, because if you'll keep in mind, whatever their reaction is, you have a filter that that reaction is going through. And you're, uh, you're now um, interpreting that based on your life experience. Whatever it is, you're, you're interpreting what that means based on your life experience. And it feels right and it feels normal, but it may be completely wrong. And so I need to hold that loosely and tell myself another story. My experience has been that when I tell myself a story about a person, it's rarely a good story. It's usually a bad story. There's usually they're being manipulative. They're being there's they're being resistant. They're being there's a there's some reason why they're doing it. And then now I've created an image of what this person is like, which then begins to justify how I'm responding. And it feels completely right because it's all in my head. The reality is you taking a moment to tell yourself another story about the person. And I'm going to share a real quick story and then we'll move to the last section. So I have a good friend um, who's in um, Andre and I have a good friend who's in um, Sarasota. And she works at a company. When she got hired at this company, she took a position that um, a, a management level position that um, someone else on the team um, wanted the position, um, wanted the position. I'm, not, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Someone else on the team, um, the leader of that team wanted a different person in the position, but they ended up hiring her from the outside. It was the right decision, but it doesn't matter. So now she has a supervisor who doesn't particularly care for her. Um, and so she said, you know, for gosh, she said, Tony, for probably six, eight months, it is horrible. <laughs> it's just like, you know, I can't do anything right. Um, you know, it's, I can't get information I need. I mean, it's just this constant resistance. And so, you know, I go in and try to talk to her and we can't seem to ever get it resolved. And, you know, I don't want to go over her head because I'm already this outsider who just joined the organization. And the last thing I want to do is cause problems and and she said, I just kept praying, you know, that the Lord would, would help me learn how to respond to her and on and on. All these things. She said, I was praying all these things about myself. And then one morning, the Lord revealed to me, what if you started praying for her? What, what if instead of praying for you, you started praying for her? And she said, and I did. Right. She said, I, I did. It was hard, <laughs> but I did. And she said, what she said, I don't know that she ever treated me differently but how she was treating me, I interpreted it differently. I began to see her. It reminded me of something you said, that you're still going to write this autobiography. <laughs> copiers and broken copiers, broken people or whatever it was. That's, I told him, but you weren't here last week. I said that needs to be the autobiography because I think it's powerful saying. But what she began to see was this broken person. Um, and she began to see the treatment that she was receiving coming from a person who was broken as opposed to a person who was out to get her. And it began to change her perspective on the person. And, and, to her, and, and as I said, she says, I don't know if it changed how she treated me. I don't, I don't actually know. What I can tell you is that I felt differently about it. You know what I mean? Suddenly I was responding differently. I was, so she may have treated me differently. I don't know, but I can tell you there was something about that. I was like, that is like, that is like a perfect example of turning the other cheek, you know, praying for those who spitefully use you. And you know what I mean? It's like, wow, you know, without even realizing that's what you did, but how the spirit led her to that. So again, as we think about these things, it is taking that moment to, to, to think of the other person from their perspective. So. All right. Amen. All right, my friends, then let's switch to the last part of this, um, which I knew we would be short on both ends. But I wanted to make sure we got through that 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 conversation piece, just because I knew how important that had been from what we talked about the first week. 
Take just for a second, if you would, think of a leader who has had a positive impact on your life. It needs to be someone who, you, who actually led you. So it can't be someone that you, you know, it can't be someone, you, I'm not looking for someone you admire. Um, I'm, so I'm saying someone that you actually have interfaced with. So it can be a relative, it can be a parent, it can be a boss. But I want you to think for just a quick second, think of someone, think, get someone in mind, and what was it about them, and then think about this, what was it about them that impacted you? Why is it that they came to mind? So you probably have someone already. Yeah. Your older, okay. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Someone else have somebody and how they impact you or impacted you. Yes, please. Thank you. Anybody else? One more? Oh, please. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's great examples all the way around. And I'm sure if we, if each of you shared yours, it probably would all fall in sort of the same category. Um, I don't like to have any kind of conversation about leadership without talking about character. Um, I think that, you know, for us, um, certainly for us as followers of Christ, um, um, but for anyone in an organization, there are two ways in which we impact an organization. We impact it with our competency and we impact it with our character. And um, there's this great, um, great verse in Psalm 78, 72, describing David. And it says, David shepherded them with integrity of heart, which would be character and skill with skillful hands. He led them, which would be competency. So he had a combination of character and of competency as a leader. And I think that we 
again, as employees, we are impacting our organization every day with our character and our competency. I do, however, believe that the most important of the two is character. Uh, my experience in hiring people for my own team is that I can teach a lot of things. Character is not always one of those by the time they get to me that I can teach. Right? I'm not saying you can't improve and change. I'm not saying any of those things, I'm, but I am saying that I'll take less competent, high character and try to teach you. Um, one of the things I found is that uh, when you think about competency as being your skills and knowledge and ability that you bring to the job, um, your character is who you are that comes to the job, right? So if you can't do this job very, very well, I can probably find you a place in the organization that better fits your competency. Or there may be a job outside of our organization that better fits your competency. But when I move someone with a character issue from one place to another place, the cancer just moves from one place to the other place. The, the, because you are still the, you're the common denominator, right? So you still, you still go there. Um, and I believe that, that who you are as a person is far more important than any particular competency that you possess. And that there's a, that we, when we think about, and I, I, I'll continually come back, Randy, to your testimony, but when we think about, I think about you saying, you know, you want to be the person that when they, when you come into the building, they, they want to see you. Not because you're so great at fixing printers and copiers and all of that, but because of the person who's coming in the door, because of the person who's arriving, that that's who you're striving to be. And so when we think about what it really means to be, a, in this case, a, truly to be a dissident follower, um, to be the kind of follower that's unlike any other follower in the organization, I think I said last week that, that, our, that our primary focus becomes, how can I make it easy for these people to lead me? How can I be the person that my leader, they, they're glad I'm on their team because I'm so easy to lead because I'm spending my time trying to figure out how to help them be successful with no concern for me, which is so much easier said than done, I realize, right? But isn't this whole Christian walk so much easier said than done? Um, nevertheless, it's the standard to which we've been called. And it's the thing, the very thing that has been done for us. So, to your point, um, I think it was your example, to your point, I think that it's, it becomes, it's not your ability to climb the rock that anyone will remember, but it'll be that day that they reached down and helped you up the rock. That's what they're going to remember, is that, because that's far more important than their climbing skill. Um, but, that, but that character that got them to reach out to you, that's what becomes important. And so as we think about, as we think about our role in the organization, we are attempting to demonstrate the character of Christ in the workplace, whether it's through the difficult conversations, whether it's how we respond to things that are going on, whether it's gossip. And, 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 and when I say gossip, there's sometimes gossip that's actually true. I mean, it, what they're talking about actually, actually is going on, you know, but my response, how can my response in that, how can my response in that still be Christ-like? Um, how can I be, maybe I'm the person, wouldn't it be nice to be, at, to be someone to ask it, how come that's not bothering you? Wow. What an opportunity. What an opportunity. Why is that not, but, but it won't until you see it's not bothering me. Right. Or at least I'm not responding to where everyone else is responding. I'm not saying it's not bothering me, but let me tell you what I do when it bothers me. Because therein lies the opportunity. My pastor, who is my previous pastor, not my current pastor, but my previous pastor who has since passed away, who was the pastor who I came to know the Lord under, um, when he was working at a, he was working at a factory because he was a, um, bivocational, and he was working at a factory, and they went on strike. And um, so he was torn. Um, one is, I can't strike 
I mean, I can't not go. I can't rebel against the authority that's been placed over me. At the same time, I've got all these people that I work with and I can't cross their picket line either, you know. And so how do I, where am I at with this? And so he would spend those days, since he's in St. he was in St. Louis, he's now with the Lord, but he's in St. Louis. And so he spent some of those early cold mornings out there bringing donuts and coffee and praying with people that were standing on that picket line. Um, and he saw that as his way of still being able to connect without being rebellious. But the reason he was able to do that is because of how he lived his life every day prior to the strike, right? To your point about being that person that comes in the door because they could say, no, no, that's, that's how he is. I mean, that's, you know, he's not going to do anything that he doesn't believe that, that God has told him to do, whether you believe it or not, he ain't going to do it. And so they could accept, you know, and we know that was God doing, but you see what I'm saying? You know, to, to be that person, to have that opportunity to live that witness out in front of someone, um, in one of the more difficult times that you could do that when they could have completely rejected him. Um, and they didn't, you know, they didn't, they saw him still as one of them and someone that they could talk to and could pray with, and he could pray about their family problems and that be that person in the midst of, in the midst of where you are in the workplace. So that character becomes critically, critically important as you think about your role in the organization and how we stand out, um, how we stand out from the crowd. So with that in mind, I've got a quick, and I'm going to ask permission to go all the way to eight. Is that okay? Centil? Centil? Okay, cool, 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 cool. All right, good. Last week I didn't ask permission. I ended up going to 805. So I'm going to ask permission. permission. (laughs) A pastor would. I like that. (laughs) A preacher would allow me to do that. That's good because you understand how this happens. (laughs) I'm wrong, but yeah. Let's see. So this is a quick scenario. Did I give you two? I did. Perfect. Um, And rather than I was going to do it in groups, but we'll just do it as a group. So what I want you to do is read through the scenario, jot down your answers to those questions in about five minutes, and then let's discuss your answers to the questions. And let me go on the record as saying there is no right or wrong answer. And by that, I mean the only right answer is your truthful answer. (laughs) There's always a right answer, but (laughs) I want you to think truthfully how you would respond in this scenario. That was good. This will be interesting, Peter, since your supervisor is on the same row with you. Be... <laughs> We're going to start with you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, my friends. So as you wrap up that, as you finish that up, remember last week we talked about, at the beginning, we talked about the moment of truth, right? So you're at this point where... In that, in that discussion, in that um, example with the couple where you can just do nothing um, and kind of go on about your business and act like nothing's going on, which is a perfectly okay response, but something did happen. Something did happen, and you have to decide if it's something that's worth doing anything about. Um, secondly, the second option was to, in this case, they were going back and continuing to rescue people, which was the example meaning to continue to work around the, the thing that is bothering you. 
or do I deal with the thing that's bothering me head on? And again, I don't think personally that there's a right or wrong to it, but I do think there's some ways to know what's right or wrong in sort of what direction. You know, is this a time where I should just bear the burden of this and not get into it with someone? Of course. I mean, there's lots of times when I think that's the case. My tendency to want to deal with everything is, is oftentimes creates more problem than resolve problems. So, yeah, absolutely. I think there are times when that's the case. Um, However, I think there's a difference between saying this doesn't bother me and I'm just going to let it go. And then finding yourself talking about it to everybody that you see, (laughs) because that's an indication that it actually still bothers you. Right. Which means the decision you made was not really that it didn't bother you. You just decided not to do anything about it and try to talk. about. So that's what I meant. There's no really right or wrong in the sense that how would you handle the situation? So this is your now moment of truth. Um, So how was your how did you guys respond? And uh, we won't have time for everyone. But if a couple of people be willing to talk a little bit about how you would respond in that situation that she's given you the opportunity to, to speak up. Oh yes, please. Cool. And why? Yep. Yeah. And that's the truth I could rejoice in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. You could find that place. I like the way you put that too. It's the truth that I could rejoice in <laughs> without having to tell a lie. I could I could focus in on what, what is true in this situation that I could agree. Cool. Others? Someone else? Anyone give her a piece of your mind? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> If nothing else, you directed it. You made sure it happened. Sure. Thank you. Someone else? I was going to ask oh. how they think it You're going to ask how do they think it went? <laughs> I like that. Oh, no, that's it. No. <laughs> They're going to like, I think it went great. <laughs> but no, but that's good. Yes. Depending on their response. Yeah. Okay. And what would be your goal, irrespective of their response? Okay. Cool. Thank you. Yes, no doubt. You were going to say? I like it, sir. I like it, sir. <laughs> I think, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think we have 
I know I would. Um, I think years ago I've had some good instruction from others who say, you know, in a lot of ways, your job is to make your supervisor mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Yes. What I did contributed Absolutely. to my supervisor's stature of well being mm -hmm. and that's a good thing. Yeah. Cool. All good all good Were you gonna say something, Jerry? No, okay. That's very funny. So all good answers. Um, like I said, there's no right or wrong answer. I think that um, the the challenge for me, the challenge for me, and I think the thing for us, for me as a supervisor, is that um, not only is I, do I agree that part of your role is to help me look good, but also I think part of your role is to help me become the best supervisor I can become. And if I've missed an opportunity to share some of the limelight and glory about this team and the work that they did, I've missed a great opportunity to demonstrate leadership. You know, with my team, you know, with my, so there may be a place where your words maybe become less about you because that's the hard part, right? I don't want to sound selfish, but man, I, I worked hard. I do. I feel like I should get some credit. I'd rather you, what's interesting is it's not about whether I want you to say anything up there or not. It was, but the fact that you didn't kind of bugs me a little bit, but is there a way to get to all of this that maybe can help me become better at leading? that there was an opportunity because you know that the team contributed. Of course I know. Yeah, of course. Man, an that would have been a great opportunity to just have mentioned the work that the team did um, so they could feel that sense of camaraderie and that sense of, that sense of accomplishment together um, and see it again as an opportunity to build up, an opportunity to build up. But again, nothing right or wrong. Last thought is, or next to last thought, it relates to this, and this is why I like this example. You know, your character is a lens through which all your actions are going to be evaluated. So, you know, whatever that is, if, you, if, I, if I think that if I think that you are selfish, self-centered, only care about yourself, even when you do something good for me, I'll assume that you must be getting something out of it. On the other hand, if I know that you have my best interests in mind, even when you wrong me, I'm going to say eh, there must have been a reason because he wouldn't have done that or she wouldn't have done. There must be some reason why they didn't do that thing because that's not who they are. And I'm going to give you some benefit of the doubt because I'm going to use your character as the lens through which I'm evaluating all of your actions. So as you think about yourself as a leader, follower, as a dissident leader, dissident follower in your organization, your character is the lens through which all your actions are being evaluated. So I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs>